Welcome to Just in the Nick of Time, a way too early podcast in which Nick watches F1 and Justin tells us about basketball. It's yes. a basketball episode. Yes, given that it's the first Sunday after our first scheduled game of this year, uh, it's time to talk basketball, F1, and Lionel Messi because that's just the way the cookie floats sometimes. So, depression <laughs> abounds. What? Depression abounds. Oh, depression does abounds, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I read the Omaha World Herald piece about what Scott Frost did yesterday, and it, it just broke my heart. So, it's a good read. But it's that a poor read. man had to sit in his office. Anyways, uh, he had to make his children breakfast. <laughs> Tragic. A man spent time with his family yesterday. <laughs> it's just it just goes to show you that every time someone says they're stepping down to spend more time with their family, that is emphatically not what they're doing. <laughs> if anyone ever tells you I'm leaving this position to spend more time with their fa- with my family, like they've committed tax fraud or worse. Like Messi. So, um, ah, yes. (laughs) Which we will get to later, right after I talk about. (laughs) It's such a mess. (laughs) Um, You walked right into that one, okay? So, (laughs) the NBA playoffs are here, and they're like my favorite thing in sports. I say that about a lot of things in sports. But, like, this year especially, they have been my favorite thing in sports. Because... You think they're better than the Masters? Oh, gosh. I love me the Masters, but... A good NBA playoff series beats the Masters for me. You think they're better than bowl season? Oh, easily. Because bowl season, I love it, but... Only like ten percent of those games have actual intrigue to them. Fair, and like nobody's making fun of the loser of the uh, Camellia Bowl, you know. Better, better than Monaco or the Champions League final <laughs> or the World Cup. The World Cup, legitimate question. Oh gosh, uh, I do love the World Cup. I love the Euros, but. I would take the NBA playoffs over them. <laughs> I like the Euros too, with the with the meat and the tzatziki and the whole pita. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> Early morning dad jokes. Hey, look, Ferrari looks like they might be out of the race. When I got the ESPN notification telling me the race was on, it's like. Can Ferrari go two years in a row here at Italy? <laughs> like, have you no. even been watching this year ESPN? <laughs> no, they have not. <laughs> I promise you they have not. Whoa. He did he drove straight through those barriers. I think his brakes gave out. That's bad. That's How much just money not- does Ferrari spend to to <laughs> Inordinate amounts. Well, we've kind of told the ballad of Ferrari on this podcast. Yes. Well, I, this I year. It needs to be reiterated that 
Yeah, absolutely. That they spend too much money to be god awful. That I could finish last for way less money than what Ferrari's throwing at it right now. <laughs> to be fair, they are um, buying the man who's currently in second place. Um, I don't put buying lightly. Like it was very clear that like they just threw so much money at him, he couldn't possibly say no. But um, you put him in one of those one of those red cars next year, he's going to be in, like, 14th. It's going to be a strong 14th. It's going to be a 14th he has to fight for. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. All right. So, tell us about the basketball. About the basketball. And, boy, howdy. What do it do? How do dribbles work? What is a chess pass? Welcome to Nick and Justin's instructional basketball in Formula One video in which we go back and forth explaining basic concepts about each sport. <laughs> Dribbling is really weird when you think about it. Like, no sport has, like, this action you need to constantly be doing just to function. You could, you could say soccer, but soccer has a purpose because you got to get it there without your hands. Mm -hmm. And so it, it happens organically. But dribbling happens in because some weird ass old man from Georgia was like, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put it on the floor and put it in your hand and put it on the floor and put it in your hand and do that a lot of times and speed up. Then Imagine throw it how long that up. took to get like started. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, absolutely. Would have been so confusing, which is why, like, I honestly think – I would not have played basketball if I had been in that gym where it was created. If they were like, hey, we came up with this idea for a great new sport, I'd be like, I'm interested. They'd be like, you got to take this spherical thing and put it in the big buckets tons and tons of times. And you get two points every time unless somebody like just mauls you because back then fouls had to be like a felony like you had to have the police called to go to the line um and 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 oh by the way you've got to do this thing where you put the ball in the ground and put it back in your head without palming the ball like thousands of times a game i would have been like that's neat I'm going to go down to the soda fountain and, like, get me an egg cream or whatever they did before they invented fun. Oh, man, the original rules of basketball are just nuts. After every, every made basket, there was a jump ball to determine possession. What the f <laughs> You're kidding me. No. That's oh, my God. I love the idea. I mean, this is still true in basketball, and I think it's one of the more charming things about basketball. But I love the idea you just kind of, like, kept a wicked tall guy around and been like, see, there goes Steve-O. He's our, he's our jump ball specialist. He's 8'4". He's got one of those strange muscular diseases. He's going to die in two years, but his whole job is just to win every jump ball. We never lose possession because Steve-O. One team actually has, like, a player who 
In the postseason, that's been his only role. The Boston Celtics have seven foot five Taco Fall, and he has been—he has played 0.5 seconds this entire playoffs. I love this man. I would—I would absolutely go to war for this man. He's a national treasure that we must protect. And in those 0.5 seconds, he is minus three. Let me tell you the story of Celtics-Raptors Game 3. Well, shouldn't we start with Celtics-Raptors Game 1 if we're going to go through all the series? Okay, yeah. Okay, Game 1, Celtics kill them. Game 2, Celtics also win big. Okay, there we go. So, cool. Thanks. the defending champion, Toronto Raptors, finally get their act together in Game 3. And... You know, it's a tie game, like five seconds left. And Pascal Siakam on defense does the one thing you just never do in the clutch. He leaves his man to go and guard the three-point line, and that leaves a dunk wide open. Celtics up to 0.5 seconds to go. Raptors call timeout and now have to inbound the ball. (laughs) Put one Kyle Lowry over 7'5 taco fall with 0.5 seconds to go. And if they don't get a two or a three, if they don't make a basket in this 0.5 seconds, they will be down 3-0, a lead that no NBA team has ever came back from, ever. You're kidding. Not Hmm. once ever. Well, (laughs) to use a cross-sports metaphor, what's a famous time that a baseball team has done that, Justin? Maybe in an ALCS, maybe in the early 2000s. Can you think of that? Can you think of that, Justin? Can you think of time that happened? No. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Time has expired. It's the 04 Red Sox over the Yankees. You <laughs> kill me. <laughs> I'm so glad you choose to host this podcast. Yeah. Hates all of your teams. <laughs> And now let me uh, remind the audience that uh, New York Yankee Luke Voigt has 13 home runs on the year, and so does the entire Boston Red Sox team. So It's been a hard lifetime. <laughs> I was trying to think of which – I was going to be like, it's been a bad week for the Red Sox. It's been a bad month for the Red Sox. But really, it's been a bad existence. Yes, I'm glad you've acknowledged the mistake of the Red Sox's existence. It's early in the morning. My bodily functions are not yet ready. Far too early in the morning. This time shouldn't exist. Honestly. <laughs> Anything good happen at 8 a.m.? Nothing good has ever happened before noon. It's like the opposite of the after midnight thing. <laughs> Nothing good has ever happened before noon on a weekend. All right. College game day, but, you know, woe and despair. Um, <laughs> Lots of woe and despair. Also, college game day, I have learned, happens at every time on the clock. <laughs> when you're there, it just happens. It happens to you like a force of nature that you cannot control. Do not sleep. You do not eat. There is only the game day. (laughs) So, how'd Celtic Raptors finish up? 
So game three, you know, Lowry, taco fall in his face, 0.5 seconds to go, makes, no lie, the greatest inbounds pass in basketball history. Over taco fall to the left corner to OG Hananobi, who had yet to take a shot in the second half. And this man's name is OG Hananobi? Yes. That sounds yeah, like we, a Star Wars character, I know. We should have known that OG Hananobi, the hip-hop Jedi, was, like, gonna just ice everything here. <laughs> hip-hop Jedi. Help us, OG Hananobi. You are our only hope. <laughs> and, he, and he, yeah. And the Boston Celtics, again, they were running a zone defense against the inbounds, and zone is for cowards, and this is why. Because you're like, oh, nobody's going to attempt to pass it to the left corner three over Taco Fall. That's an impossible pass to make. Well, guess what? He made it. Ananobi was wide open, catches the ball, does the shot you can do in 0.5 seconds, and drills it. <laughs> and it walks away silently. Love it. We love it. Series is now 2-1. And then just last night, the Raptors evened it up at 2-2. So. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's fun. How long? Are we still going to be in the first round at, like, Christmas? No, no, these are the conference semis now. The first round's over. Oh, I thought we were here to talk about the first round today, which is why I'm confused. Understandable. Teams beat in the first round for context. Uh, Raptors and Celtics both swept their first round opponents. The Raptors swept the Brooklyn Nets, who did not did not care about this postseason whatsoever, and or much of anything except yeah. hire Steve Nash instead of a black coach. I follow enough NBA Twitter to know that we are outraged. I don't always know why we are outraged, but we are outraged. I mean, there is. Oh, sure. This one makes sense. Yeah. I'm just saying, generally, when I follow NBA Twitter, I'm like, people are pissed, and I don't understand why. <laughs> the only thing I'm pissed about is, like, four-year contract for Steve Nash, like, in the past, when you've hired guys with no coaching experience whatsoever, they get like two years, you know. I think Steve Nash has a good chance of being a pretty good coach. Oh, like, I, I think he'll do great. When you listen to him talk about the game of basketball, and granted my experience with it is him on the Ringer podcast, um, he is better than other bozos they're dragging on the Ringer podcasts. <laughs> Um, also, he's Canadian. Bonus points for that. Also, his name's Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Find me a cooler name, because you won't. You won't. You're going to have to look at, like, Top Gun. You're going to have to start calling a guy Maverick to get cooler than Steve Nash. <laughs> it's not going to happen. True story. And, and he loves soccer, so... um. <laughs> Yes, this is true, which we love Steve Nash. This is a pro-Steve Nash podcast. Yes. Come out and say it right now. Stan was, Steve Nash. He was incredible on that super OP Lakers team in the 2013 version of 2K. <laughs> Holy crap. 
those guys were just – I mean, you could just put your brain on autopilot and just, like, beat some fools 300 to 100. Like, it was it was bad. Bad news, Bears. Oh, so, that's Rockets uh, – no, um, Raptors, Celtics. Yes. Where do I go from here? Okay. NBA first round speed run. Okay. Ah, okay, we're going backwards. We're going backwards because <laughs> losing progress. The NBA playoffs are my favorite thing in sports, with the ex- with the exception of the first round. You know. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we are here for you in this troubling time. Today is about is about you, and we're here to support that. So, go ahead, Justin. But the first story. round did have uh, two amazing series. Ziz, ziz, ziz. I cannot say Not the plural of that word. Series I. Boom. <laughs> but the ones that weren't amazing were uh, the Not Heat amazing. swept the Pacers. Amazing for me, not for the average it basketball <laughs> Jimmy Butler is everyone's new favorite player in the league. Like, Especially mine. Oh, oh, yeah, I can only imagine. He's got to be fun to have on your team. Oh. He is the best, and we'll get to that later after I recap everything else because I have a whole spiel about Butler. Uh, the Bucks uh, beat the Magic in five um, after, because game one, the Game 1 Orlando Magic are, like, the best team in the sport. And then <laughs> they did the same thing to the Raptors last year, too. They just win game ones, and that's it. Um, <laughs> On the other side, uh, Lakers beat the Blazers in five. The Blazers got a huge game one. The Blazers were fun this year. Oh, they were. They were a barrel of fun. Big rip to the barrel of fun Blazers. Mm -hmm. They battled so hard just to make these playoffs. And then, you know, having to just go through an entire regular season, I guess, of seeing games in the bubble of just catching up to get to the eighth seed and then getting the eighth seed and just one day later having to play the Lakers, you know, your, your team's going to be pretty worn down and not have much of a shot of anything. Right. <laughs> what else happened in the, in the West? Oh, the West had two awesome series and then one pretty good one in Clippers Mavericks where Luka Doncic, this 21-year-old Slovenian kid, he shouldn't be this good this young. Like, I'm honestly not sure what the ceiling of this player is. And let me reiterate that. I'm not sure what his ceiling is. And that includes being one of the all-time greats at this point. Seriously? He, in his first two playoff games, he scored, like, a combined... 79 points, which is the most in NBA history for anybody in their first two playoff games. In his first playoff series, he had f- he had a game where he had 41 points and the game-winning buzzer beater against the number two seed. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He, he got, yeah, two wins against the Los Angeles Clippers. And gosh... Luka Doncic, and that's with Markeith Morris, or Marcus Morris, whichever Morris twin the Clippers have, you know, 
trying to injure him, you know, every time he drives the lane. So I was just going to say, this is, so this is one of my favorite things about basketball is that like, you can be as Larry Bird as you want. Someone just has to be a Burt Lambeard and kick your ass. Uh, and, and that is super enticing to me, um, as evidenced by my basketball career, in which I threw more elbows than any human would decide was necessary. <laughs> Mostly, I was there to hit people in the face. <laughs> the enforcer. I wasn't even enforcing anything. Like, it wasn't like they'd shove my teammate and I'd go pop him. Like, they'd be there and I'd go pop him. Because, like, this was the only sport in which that was, like, somewhat acceptable. <laughs> Just to, like, hit some. <laughs> but his basketball, if not floor hockey, anyways. Oh, floor hockey's glory. Floor hockey should be an Olympic sport. I feel this in my soul. And it should be sideline hockey and sideline soccer. Sideline soccer. You should line. Sideline soccer is great. You should line the opposing teams up and force them to jeer at each other as as play goes on. <laughs> Just, you know, actively lower morale. That's the move. Whoa. Yeah. Mag- Yo, what happened? Magnuson's car, like, stopped working. Neat. So we've got a safety car. Yeah. And Hamilton's taking the pit stop. Because you he needed help. Okay. Ah, my stream keeps cutting out. What what emblem is that next to Magnus and what team is he on? Haas. Okay. And recognize it. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> The American team, everyone feel embarrassment. And we still finished above a Ferrari. Oh, interesting. Simes didn't pit. What the hell's going on? First place is first place. (laughs) Yeah, there's no way he's going to hold it, though. Yeah, that is weird. It's lap 21, so... Maybe he thinks he can stretch the lead out long enough here where... He can back door in a pit later, and I think he's got to have a scenario in which he's going to drive super aggressively and defensively in the hope that he can like wear down Hamilton's tires. But I don't know. I'm sure Martin Brundle or whoever's in the commentary box is Crofty is telling us more than I could tell you. So NBA playoffs. It's the playoffs extravaganza. Can't you hear in my voice and how I'm watching F1, how excited I am for the National Basketball Association, which I definitely don't think is just effectively an arm of Disney at this point and the soulless corporation trying to eat all of our souls because we have nothing better to do. And oh, also I'm pissed because ESPN's not streaming any of the games on ESPN Plus, so I can't watch any of them. I don't have cable. There's I think a couple we websites that Gregorian chant. There's some websites that I'll send your way. Atta boy, I'm suddenly into the NBA. Hell yeah. That's how I watch all of mine anyways. Like brilliantly done. 
Okay. Nuggets Jazz is exactly why the NBA playoffs are my favorite thing in sports. Wow. Go on. Because it was a seven it's a seven game series, and then that was just both teams playing their hearts out, trying to wear the other team down. And oh my god, it was a joy to watch every single night. Because you had the Jazz go up 3-1. You had Donovan Mitchell, 50 points in game two. You had the battle down low between Rudy Gobert and Nikola Jokic, who I also just love. He's, I think, the most unlikely NBA star we have. Uh, he is a six foot ten Serbian man with short arms. And <laughs> love it. And he's like a top 10 center in the league. He, he was like 300 pounds before he got to America. He, he drank like two liters of Coca-Cola every day before he hopped onto the flight to get to Denver. <laughs> Nikola Jokic. Love him. Adore him. And earlier in the season when he was like, getting some MVP consideration because his numbers were that good, but, like, the media wasn't really talking about him. They asked his coach about that, and he responded, quote, I don't think Nikola cares, to be honest. He's got his book on horses. He's fine. <laughs> He's from where, Serbia? He's from Serbia, yeah. This big-ass Serbian man. He has a... Two liters of Coca-Cola a day. And has a horse farm. In the morning, cracks open the two liter, has a horse farm. And when he gets bored and uninterested in basketball, he sits in the corner and you know what he does? He reads his damn horse book like a red-blooded Serbian. I love this man. Yes, oh my I love God. Him so much. <laughs> That's phenomenal. That's the best news I've ever heard. Yes, embrace Nikola Jokic, America. He is the most so awesome. unlikely person to be a top 10 NBA player, and he just is. <laughs> All right, so how'd that series wind up? So after they go up 3-1, the Jazz start to come back thanks to Jamal Murray, a previously just good point guard, having three straight 50-point games. Nice. To even up the series. And then that sets up the game seven, which if you're just watching it as a basketball game, devoid of the context of the series, it's probably the worst game in the series. Like there had been games that went to overtime. There have been games that like game six where Jamal Murray just goes on a tear where he doesn't miss anything in like the final two minutes. And the Nuggets fully take the lead in the, the fully take over momentum in that series and force the game seven. But that game seven yeah. was like my ideal basketball game seven and why I love the NBA playoffs so much because both of those teams were just exhausted the whole game. And that game was for the nobody plays defense anymore crowd because it finished like 81-79. Both teams just wore each other down that much. They had already given all that they could give. And this was what was left, was game seven. And, oh. and there's a tie game, like 30 seconds left. Jokic, 
Another thing I love about this man, he's like, you can make a case he's the clutchest player in the NBA. He just doesn't get the credit because he has like the ugliest <gasps> looking hook shot. Oh, was Hamilton back in the lead already? Yeah, but that's not what I'm shocked at. What? Thanks. Oh, God, I hope he's okay. What happened? Oh, my God. Leclerc went off the track at full speed. Oh, he's moving. He's removed his steering wheel. There doesn't seem to be a fire. I just, you must be ahead of me. I just saw it right now. Italian Grand Prix for the scooter. Oh. And if it is brake failure, first we can get in. What's going on for Yeah, he's on the accelerator. He's on the... I don't know that that was brake failure. Oh, I just heard your guy say brake failure, and I'm like... <laughs> no, the way that looks, I could be wrong. I know not enough about this sport, but... Yeah, it looks like he just got thrown out of balance and couldn't get it back under control. Oh, okay. He's moving like a guy who just slammed at that speed into. You see why I stopped, right? You see why I just. Yes. I, I thought. I thought he was going to be hurt a lot worse. So I'm very happy to see him get out of the car and prance around now. But we're going to spend this whole race under a safety car. And at their home Grand Prix, Ferrari has no cars remaining in the race. They're just under halfway. In 20th. <laughs> Holy crap. It's, it's not funny how, how they got there with Leclerc, but it's funny how, that they finished 18 and 20. I think the funniest thing about this race for me so far has been... That just like everyone's trying to like strategize how to get a safety car pit stop, and now we're just scraping the bottom of the barrel in team strategies, and everyone gets one because like if everybody's super, nobody Nobody's is. We're just gonna end up in the exact same order that we ended up in earlier. <laughs> oh my gosh! Gas isn't there. It's a red flag. Cars go to the pit. That's crazy. I'm just reminded now, didn't Italy, like, invite, like, 250 of their healthcare workers to go and watch this race? Yep. And they get to see this from their beloved Ferraris. Man, they deserve so much better. <laughs> it is a spicy meatball. Well, in that it's causing them quite a bit of heartburn. Oh, I am thankful today, as I am most days, not to be a Ferrari fan. So where were, were I? Um, oh, yeah, Nikola Djokic. Uh, over quarantine, he actually lost some weight, and, you know, he claims he doesn't drink two liters of Coke a day anymore, and he hasn't for since he got to America. But, you know, 
in his early years of his career, I found that a bit hard to believe. But now he's like not like typical NBA shape, but he's not like fat Serbian man anymore. But he's still like one of the oddly clutchest players in the league because when he gets in the post and he does his like grandma hook shot, there's no way to defend that. And he puts him up to with 30 seconds to go just in the ugliest fashion possible in game seven over the defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, who I was low-key rooting for since, you know, he, he was the guy who got everything shut down in the first place. And if the Jazz were to win, it would make it look like it, this was some elaborate conspiracy done by Utah. And, like, that would have been hilarious to me. But having been to Utah, they do not have elaborate conspiracies. <laughs> have you met these people? No. The most elaborate conspiracy they can come up with is to make you wait, like, six hours for a pizza. Also, I'm looking at photos of this man. And um, he is, ladies and gentlemen, for, for those of you who haven't seen him, he is what you think he looks like. <laughs> exactly. He has buzz cut. He is large. Like, he is... He is hefty. <laughs> and, um... And, um, he... More than anyone I've ever seen a headshot of, clearly does not give up. <laughs> yeah. Apathy abounds. It's... It's... Jesus. This guy, he's kind of scary. Like, if I ran into this guy, I'd be like, you have mob connections and drink two liters of Coke a day. I'm getting the hell out of here. They called me the, the Joker. Do they call him that? Yes, I... He clearly has enough of a complex already. <laughs> Don't give big, scary people nicknames. This is how we get supervillains. <laughs> because his last name, you see, it's Jokic Joker, huh? Wow. Clever. Yeah. Um. So tell us about the, the series I've been hoping to talk about this whole time. No, we have to get to the ending first because it gets weirder, okay? Not only, like... The Jazz have a possession after this, and they turn it over. And so then you're like, okay, this is game over. You know, they're just going to dribble the clock out and get fouled. But they don't. Jamal Murray, who had been, like, the best player in the bubble, decides to pass it to Torrey Craig for a kind of not-so-open layup, which Craig takes and misses, giving the Jazz a second chance with time running down. No time, no timeouts. They got to play this on the fly. Like two jazz guys just straight up didn't get back on defense because they thought, okay, the series is over. And then Mike Conley shoots up a three. And oh my gosh, that thing looked good from the second it left his hand. But it wasn't. And then to see Donovan Mitchell, a guy who had played his heart out all series, his reaction. He just had his hands up, like, this is going in. And then when it missed, he just slowly crumbles to the ground. Like, that's what I love about the playoffs, man. Oh, it's a shame someone had to lose that series. 
what you love about the playoffs is despair. It was like both teams playing their hearts out, you know, like in game seven, like it all comes down to this. And just to give a, like the audience perspective of how rare a game seven coming down to the last shot is, it's only happened uh, three times since 2000 where there's been a game seven that has come down to if a guy shoots it and if he makes that shot, the series is won by his team. So, like, it was crazy. Like, oh, I, I feel so bad for the Jazz, but so happy for the Nuggets and what they came back from and just oh, – they're currently in the 1-1 series with the Clippers right now, so that should be, you know, a fun one. But speaking of fun ones, the one you've been waiting for, Rockets Thunder. Chris Paul and against his former team, the Thunder, who had a 1.4% chance to even make the playoffs, outseeded the Rockets, even though seeding doesn't matter when you're all at Disney World. And now they had <laughs> James Harden back with his old chum, Russell Westbrook, from back in the day where they won nothing, is going <laughs> up against Chris Paul who is having, like, one of the best years of anybody in the NBA just because, yeah, no one thought they'd get this far. Like, Chris Paul was getting slandered left and right after the Rockets lost last year's playoffs. And, you know, he proved he's a leader. He proved he's one of the best point guards of this generation by just getting this team this far. But could he beat his old team? Nick, what'd you think as a newly Rockets fan? So, one of the things I really like about the Houston Rockets is um, they win basketball games. And um, we won exactly four of those in this series. So, this is my complex analysis of the NBA. Clearly, I understand all the inner workings and machinations of how this works. And I definitely watched more than five minutes of playing time in this series. <laughs> Journalism. Woo! Some Woo! Got it. Others don't. Um, <laughs> True story. <laughs> but yeah, that, oh gosh, Rockets Thunder was wild because you have the Rockets, a team whose strategy is basically let's cross our fingers and hope for the best and the Thunder, who are like team basketball, and then <laughs> you have a game, that series goes seven, and then a French guy named Lugens Dort, who goes by Lou Dort, which is the most unathletic name I've ever heard in my life, almost wins the game. <laughs> Until James Harden makes the only notable defensive play of his career and blocks him. If you were going to pick one defensive play to make, not a bad choice. Not, not a bad Although Lou Dort okay. did something absolutely baffling after the block. Like, Harden did block his three-pointer, but he blocked it right to him. He could have shot that ball again then and there, but he instead tries to throw the ball out of bounds off Harden. We won from him. He's a Dort. He's an absolute Dort. 
This is what you get when you feel dorts. It sounds like an insult. It's the worst name ever. And what's it? It's like Luchanese Dort. It's like Lugens. Lugens Dort. So Lugens definitely sounds like a type of sausages, right? Like if you go and you tailgate at, um, you go and you tailgate at like Soldier Field, they're going to be like, yo, hello, you want some Lugans? <laughs> Don't ya? Yeah, that's going to happen. Lugans on the grill here. Got a couple Lugans on the grill. Some Lugies. Jesus. Hey, Whatever. come on, take one. Don't be a dort. <laughs> You're being a real dort. <laughs> dort. Sounds like it should be a term we don't use anymore. <laughs> or it sounds like a term that we like retired in the 1800s because we decided it was ableist. Like, and for that time period, that's saying uh, fun. It sounds. If I was going to name something a dort, it would have to be objectively repulsive. It would just have to be like, like if someone like. A, like a classroom of children vomiting at once, that would be a good verb to call a dort. Like, it's just, it's such an unappealing word. And to to lead into it with Lugans. Christ. <laughs> Who named this boy? <laughs> and, and does France have the death penalty? <laughs> He's from France, right? Yes. Yeah, here's another thing I don't like. Non-Americans playing American sports. Oh, I love that about the NBA. I love the foreign invasion. It's ours. <laughs> no, we're taking our ball and going home. <laughs> so, all right. Tell me more about the series that I was supposed to watch and didn't. <laughs> Well, uh, this series happened to be the one series that was on every time I went to work. So um, nice. <laughs> I didn't really watch, sit down and watch a game until game seven. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. I, I until the last 20 minutes of game seven. So. Oh, God. That last 20 minutes was one of the you biggest. Be- it was awful basketball. But I yeah, it was just bananas. <laughs> There was one play where, like, Chris Paul tried to flop to draw a foul, and that caused the Rockets to turn the ball over. And then when Chris Paul was driving, James Harden flopped to try to draw a foul, and that somehow messed Chris Paul up. Holy crap. Just talk about the lights, but the computer said pit lane closed. The lights on the side of the track said pit lane closed. Two drivers who came in. I think Lewis has been disqualified. Oh, he hasn't. He's gone up because the race has stopped. Lewis has gone up. He's received a penalty. He's gone up to complain about it. Oh, yeah, you're very Hamilton move. I, I, I see him in the hallway, just walking briskly. Yeah, this is bananas. Oh my gosh. 
Poor lady with the mop, just <laughs> trying to keep make the hallway clean. And here comes a howling mad Lewis Hamilton. God. Can you imagine being in Lewis Hamilton's way when he's pissed? Oh. Not a place I want to be. Just keep mopping. Just keep mopping. <laughs> Alrighty. Alright. Let's keep oh. this train moving. Alright. And yeah. And then somehow the Thunder get the ball back with like 1.1 seconds to go and a chance to tie or win the series. And they can't get a clean inbounds off. And they lose. Like, it took like 10 minutes to get to that inbounds pass. And I'm like, whatever happens here, I don't care who wins the series. Just make something stupid happen. And I watched And I was like, whoa, okay. I, I didn't expect defense of all things. From the Houston Rockets? <laughs> what do you mean? A team whose core philosophy is we don't care if you get two points because we'll come back at you with the three. God. I absolutely love cheering for this team because of that. <laughs> like, we have just eliminated the need for defensive basketball. We have outsourced the job. And, like, that's brilliant. Efficiency at its finest. <laughs> And we're cutting the defense department. We're putting all of our money into getting guys who will chuck 23s a game. So that's the Houston series. Well, also my favorite team, Miami, is up 3-0 against uh, the top-seeded Bucks. And I just want to say, here's the condensed version. What? I didn't know they were 3-0. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. I also beat the Bucks. I have no real reason for hating the Bucks. I just think they suck. <laughs> I feel kind of bad doing it to them because I, I love Giannis. Like, nah. Giannis I, is really cocky. That's I don't like that. I love that. That's fun in the NBA. Nah. It's fun in every sport. Just. <laughs> okay. But I love this, this Miami Heat game, team. Man. I love this Heat team, man. Like. Yeah. Like, this awesome. is the peak Heat culture team. Like. A lot of these guys came from other teams where they weren't anything special and they're now playing the best basketball of their career. And then Jimmy Butler, the star of this team, uh, when we signed him in the offseason, uh, so many people like were like, what is Jimmy Butler thinking? He clearly doesn't want to win because let me explain his like previous stops the quickest way possible. Uh, he started his career up in Chicago and then he went up to his GM, Gar Foreman, in the off season was like, Hey, I want to stay here. I want to build a winning team around me. Here are some moves. Like here are some players I'd want to play with in response. Gar Foreman traded Jimmy Butler to the Timberwolves, a team with a bunch of young players who were like, okay, maybe this is the right spot for him. And then Jimmy Butler just didn't get along with those teammates and wanted to trade after an infamous practice where he, teamed up with the third stringers and beat the crap out of the rest of the first string. <laughs> and then after he leaves the Timberwolves, uh, they have the worst record in the league. Lewis then, Hamilton is inexplicably on an electric scooter. Oh, they just handed it to him. Why is Lewis on an electric scooter? They handed it to him. 
Oh, I'm sorry. It's a regular scooter. <gasps> That's even better. This man is just on a scooter. <laughs> the best driver in the world. In the most prestigious racing series in the world. Stepped on a scooter. Dude, I wouldn't want a part of him in a scooter race either. He is zipping on that no. thing. No. Yeah, he's, he, he's moving. He does not lose any time in the quarters in a scooter race. <laughs> I like to imagine that's how he practices. Like, he drives the car only in... <laughs> only when he's on the track. Everything else is just straight scooters. I like the idea that the second he gets to a new track, he scooters around it methodically several times. <laughs> I want to see him scooter up the Urush at Spa. I want to see him scooter around Maggots and Beckett's at Silverstone. I want to see him scooter down the busy streets of Monaco before they've even cleared them for the race. Small French children look up. They say a French phrase in the subtitles of this commercial. It says, is that Lewis Hamilton on a scooter in Monaco? It would be beautiful. So, what do we have left to talk about on the NBA? So then, Minnesota, trade Jimmy Butler to Philadelphia. They, they lose in the playoffs, and they choose to re-sign Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. And then, they get, and then Philly, they get swept this year because... Jimmy Butler was never the problem. And that's, that's where my rant ends. Because he didn't have people who wanted to win. Now he has people around him who wants to win. He has a front office he wants to win. He has teammates he wants to win. And this Heat team, 3-0 in the semifinals. I'm living so the dream. If you all win, who do you go play? Likely. Uh, likely the Celtics. I... Okay, yeah. But Cause Cause Toronto, Toronto. And then we, if we win, we go play likely the Clippers, right? Yes. And then if we win that series, and y'all win that series. Yes. All right, we can't say it out loud because that'll jinx it. But I just want our listeners to follow this and recognize what might be coming. It's possible. It's a possibility. Possible. I might have to get into basketball. <laughs> Okay, before this race restarts, do you want to do you want to speed run the messy, situ messy messy situation? Because I think that's some really funky stuff that's happening over there. Okay, Messi's a damn fool. Here's why: Messi uh, decided as a very young boy. We're gonna backtrack a little bit. As a very small Argentinian boy, I was a young boy. In yeah, his, his father took him to a club named Barcelona and sold his friggin' soul. <laughs> um, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Messi is actually not the proud owner of a soul anymore. Barcelona owns it. And so um, Barcelona has struggled for a long time. And they've realized that you can't just throw money at a problem. You need to actually have people at your club that want to play soccer and win. Um, Messi is the only person left at that club that wants to play soccer and win. That is not an exaggeration. The rest of these players are young players who are cashing out before they move somewhere else to win ships or losers who have been at Barcelona forever, who are just part of the furniture because they're being paid so much. They can't possibly be let go. 
Oof. And so, Messi has been bitching about this. Because instead of doing things, that's what Messi does. He complains. This is the only place where I think you can legitimately say Ronaldo is better than Messi. In that Ronaldo cares. And, like, wants to make positive change in his life. And has, like, listened to just enough motivational speakers that um, he believes that he can. Whereas Messi is just kind of like, well, everything is ruined and so I will handle this. And so Messi has talked a big game for a long time about how he might leave Barcelona. The obvious choice was always Manchester City so he can read join Pep Guardiola, the manager he won all those ships with. They play a similar style. They need a player like Messi because who doesn't? And and so, like, it sounds like he's going to go there. There are some other clubs thrown around, but it's pretty Inter much Miami only... He was making a pitch. Yeah, actually, well, so for a while it seemed like... So City, the group that owns City also owns New York City FC. And it sounds like it was very possible that Messi could have a three-year deal at or a five-year deal with Manchester City and spend two of those later years, or at least have the option to spend two of those later years in New York. Which how much fun would a washed up New York Messi be? So much fun. We've already seen what washed up Zlatan can do in the MLS. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I don't think Messi would care. Like again. Oh. I think so much of, like, Barcelona and its money-first culture and its obsession with, like, making the correct moves instead of the right moves, I think that has worn him down to a point where, like, I don't want to say he no longer loves this game because I'm sure he does. I just don't think he loves playing it professionally like he used to. So everybody talks a big game, and then, oh, what? Messi's dad is here. That's weird. And Messi's dad is like, my son will never leave the club of my dreams. Oh, no. And he goes and talks to Barcelona and then basically tells his son, like, yo, you need to stay. And Messi, an almost 40-year-old man, is like, I... So... Messi's a walking Zoloft commercial. And, you know, everything's sad. Because I do think he's the greatest player to play in our generation. But we will always be able to say that he never even tried in the Premier League. And no matter what you hear from people, I really do think it is a different thing entirely to win, like a nasty Tuesday night game in the freezing rain in Wolverhampton than it is to go beat the crap out of Santa Virgo every week. Like, I... Yeah. Is he a brilliant talent? Sure. Does this really hurt the argument in my mind that he's the greatest player ever? Absolutely it does. He could have stood up and fought, fought this. It's possible he would have lost the legal battle. Yes. But to me, what this is illustrated is not actually a want to leave, but a want to complain so loudly that the club can't help but ignore him just so that he looks good. 
Because there's no end goal with yelling at the club here. Like, what, what, can, what can Barcelona honestly do? Because Messi, like, said he was leaving, and then, you know, they were trying to, like, sue him or something, and that's why he said, you know, for at least this year, he'll be back at Barca. And then I, I assume the transfer window's, like, closed, closed or closing, and even then, like, they're closed. probably not the team that can make some splashes, you know? I mean, here's the fact of the matter. They've spent so much money over the years keeping him and the guys he wants to get that they're out of money, especially because him and the guys he wanted to put the team couldn't, couldn't perform. So I think it's funny when, when Messi blames Barcelona staff because as incompetent as they are, they're there to be puppets for him. It would be like if LeBron was like, hey – Screw these guys. Like, no, that's why they're there. That's their whole purpose for existing is, like, to let you run the show. <laughs> but apparently Messi's dad runs the show, which I just think is embarrassing and sad that, like, you're a 40-year-old man, your dad's still involved in your, like, day-to-day decision-making. Get a friggin' life, man. Greatest soccer player of the generation. This is how he comports himself. It's, it's honestly, it's depressing. Like his dad, Cesar Zumbi, greatest talent of the generation, plays for like over a decade at his favorite club. And now that he wants to leave, he's like, you will not shame me by doing this. Like, all it would take me to say, like all it would have taken was Messi to fight this and say, no, I really want, I'm really driven to go somewhere else and prove myself somewhere else. Italy. Germany, preferably the UK. I don't know. It's rough, man. And also, he did tax fraud. Oh, yeah, they all do tax fraud, though. (laughs) Like, straight up. (laughs) All right, man. What else can we do? Is that a pod? That's enough material for a pod, and we are back on the track in F1, at least from my end, so... We timed that perfectly. All right. See you later, man. Nice talking to you today. All right. Good stuff. Later, Doug. Later.